What is going on, everybody? It is Jackson and Tristan. We are back with yet another morning cup. And you know what happened this weekend. Shout out to everybody that came out to the first Breaking Bread Bazaar. Talk about it a little bit, Jack. Um, we had 11 vendors out front on our patio and sidewalk in front of our building. Yep. And they ranged from the BC Pride Tent to um, the Lazy Animal Farm, which had some uh, excellent, delicious-looking baked goods. Didn't get to partake. I did. They were fantastic. Um, we had some arts and crafts, some necklaces, some artwork, some Cat fresh beds. produce. So, yeah, like I said, there was 11 vendors out there, and it went pretty well, I believe. I, I didn't get to go outside very much. We were super busy. But from what I could tell, it was busy for them, too. It was amazing. I was outside helping all the vendors get set up and making sure things went well. It was an amazing show out. It was so awesome to see so many people coming downtown on a Sunday. And we've talked about it many times how that's the word on the street is that Sundays are meh in Battle Creek or downtown Battle Creek. And yesterday was anything but meh. Anything but Matt, it was amazing. It really was full sidewalk. I would probably estimate probably around five to 700 people came through. It's a big gap, but it, we had at least 300 people in shop. I know there was plenty of people that did not come in. It was from nine to two, so it covered a lot of hours there. Yeah. And uh, it, was, it was a beautiful day. Absolutely gorgeous. A little, little hot, but... Super excited about the June one. We have already a lot more commitments from vendors for the June event. And we're... we're Which isn't surprising. A lot of people like to see how an event goes yeah. before they commit to it. Um, I think one of the, the things we are doing is we're not providing a barrier. You don't have to pay. Because yeah. um, <clears throat> we're just, you know, in this for the culture. Really, We really are... And, and you know, we were talking about it with our parents yesterday and um you know we we have had a lot of people help us along the way and opportunities that have been provided and it's been amazing what we've done and i think this is a great way to kind of give back and our opportunity to help other small businesses flourish and grow because there are barriers to entry into the entrepreneurship game and this this was not one of those. So. Yeah, and uh, you know we get asked a pretty decent amount to tell our story. Yeah, over and over, and uh, which is great, really. I mean, it's it's for a few reasons. We get to just share our experience with people and like let people know that it is possible to succeed from small beginnings. Because you know, as as we've said, we started with six hundred dollars. Me and my dad split a six hundred dollar uh, package of coffee, I guess, if you will. Our first yeah. one. And then we're, you know, from that we grew. But also, it's a way to share with everyone else how difficult it actually is. And we are always extremely transparent in saying that we had a road that many people cannot take. Yeah. Just because, A, there's two of us. That's one of the biggest things. There's two of us. But, you know, when we started... We've said this before. Tristan quit his jobs in Grand Rapids and moved here and then worked for two years basically for free. And so 
a lot of people can't actually do that um, or even have like the extra money that it takes to do to just do some stuff like this you want like I mean they talk about bootstrapping all the time but like we were able to like I took a loan out on my retirement which not everyone can do and we just put way more we put a ton of sweat equity into it like Tristan devoted like those two years of his life pretty much exclusively to working for free and being there every single day, which we know is not a realistic idea. It's you, not realistic yeah. for everybody. Like you right. can't just do that and work for free because you, a lot of people don't have that. I don't want to say support system, but like a support system that's able to sustain that. It's pretty impossible. Um, really? Cause I, I, Literally two years was practically free, and I already had bills. Um, you had a perfect situation with the house. You got a house right in 2019 or something? 2014. Or 2014. Oh, okay. Well, it was a very underpriced home. Cheap house, yeah. Um, Just the perfect situation all yeah. around. Worked for the government. Um, our parents helped out a lot. So it's not 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 the most common story. Um, so, like I said, that, I, I think helping other entrepreneurs and kind of spreading knowledge and helping um, give back is in doing these events, doing these art shows with local artists and not charging them to hang their stuff in the space and just kind of, uh, like I said, building the culture in Battle Creek in the surrounding areas of community yeah so i think you know we were able to do that with this and i think it's just another step in the right direction and i think it was an overwhelming success yeah and uh i already got plenty of ideas for the next one which will be in the end of june um which is crazy it's less than 24 hours and i'm already like oh we could do this 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 and uh just trying to expand like um i tell everybody we want this to be something that competes with a Kalamazoo farmer's market or Eastern market over in Detroit. Uh, want this to be a destination marketplace, not just for the residents of Battle Creek, but for those that are outside of our community as well. Um, I think we can do it. Uh, if it, there was an indicator from yesterday, it's very possible. Um, I mean, Battle Creek's community is amazing. People support like crazy. I mean, it showed during the pandemic when we were at 25% capacity pretty much and people just kept coming, showed support when they could. It was just a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. Moving on from that, today we're going to be trying a cup of Alma coffee. Alma coffee. They are out of Georgia. Sustainably grown and ethically sourced. Yep. Today we are... uh, Trying. This is a limited release, honey processed Honduras. No way. It is Hugo's yellow Catura. I don't think that's <laughs> I don't know how to pronounce it, so I'm not gonna try. Caturo. Uh, I'm pretty sure that's uh culture, but I could be wrong. Let me double check. The th- first thing you notice about these bags though is there's some pretty dope birds on the front. The artwork is fantastic. Yeah, I really like this. Um, they also like the cool thing about this. Like, see, for optimal flavor, uh, they give you a brew guide. Hello, brew guide over here. 
and uh, tell you how to brew your coffee from Canton, Georgia. Yeah, while it's very vibrant, I almost equate it to old style or uh, what? what is the tattoo? Traditional. Traditional. American traditional. Yeah, American traditional very tattoo. Very thick, de- well-defined lines. Fifth generation coffee farmers, we consider every detail in creating the perfect cup of coffee. The seeds, the plants, the roasting process, and the brew are all part of crafting coffee with soul. Being the farmer makes all the difference. Yeah. So they're first generation roasters, fifth generation farmers. That's amazing. So yeah, the, their story is in 2018, Harry and Leticia Hutchins, H&L for short, founded Alma Coffee with the idea of making direct trade coffee accessible to everyone. Although Alma Coffee may be a few years old, their story begins over five generations ago in the remote mountains of Honduras, where Leticia's a fifth-generation coffee farmer was was quite literally born to be in the coffee industry. Her father and co-founder, Al Lopez, was born and raised on coffee farms in Honduras before immigrating to the United States. Growing up, Al kept the family coffee farming legacy alive by taking Leticia to visit her family coffee farm every year in Copan, Honduras. It's pretty dope. They and they're very, very into um, sustainable practices, um, improving lives, sustainable practices, and extraordinary coffee are their three pillars. Um, and fun fact: Alma is soul in Spanish. Um, they uh, chose this name for a few reasons. Um, obviously, for the direct translation, fully encompassing the heart and soul that they put into the coffee, not just from them but also from the generations before them in addition to being a female noun in spanish their name plays homage to women who despite being greatly underrepresented play a vital role in the coffee industry being proudly woman-owned themselves they say it is their responsibility to represent their hard work and dedication so that's pretty cool they are um, also a veteran-owned business um, based out of Georgia. This is a pretty unique coffee company because yeah. most roasters just source coffee. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, this is direct trade from their farms. Yeah. And um, I'm, I'm assuming they only do Honduras coffee, which makes sense. Yeah, let me double check. But, yeah, I would probably assume it's all Honduran. Yep, um, it's probably directly from their farm. That's yeah, I would have, I mean, assume so. Just looking at the bag, like, I, I can't imagine they individual bags because I know how much bags cost. Yeah. And they have a sticker on it. So it's got to be all Honduras. It says right there. Well, yeah. I just was saying I'm just. Yeah. I couldn't tell if it was just this bag or all of them. Not yet. Like I said, I have to imagine it's all their coffee is from there. Man. That's pretty cool, though. I'm super impressed. They got a starter kit. Um, They got a processing um, bundle. This is like the ultimate way for sustainability and coffee is like they are part of the whole process they own the farm they roast they import it which by the way importing is extremely hard for coffee it's difficult it's an unprocessed agricultural product so it's also got to sit in quarantine when it comes in Um, and just it's it's tough business yeah one of the the stories we heard from an importer in um, coffee fest in Chicago five years ago now yeah. uh, was that 
he had a full shipping container come in from, I think, South America, get to the port, and there was a slug on the outside, the outside of the container, not the inside, the outside. Customs saw it, said, yeah, I'm sorry, guy. Uh, you cannot bring this into the United States. It's contaminated. And They didn't even open it up. They saw one slug on the outside of the box and said, nah. So he ended up losing, um, I think he said like $150,000 on that sale because he found a way to sell it in Russia or Europe. Um, so he still lost out on money even though he got rid of all of his product. Um, but he said that's that's not uncommon to happen. Importing has got a lot of, you know, it's it's literally what keeps the world safe is those red restrictions and regulations. So, man, it's a tough business. So they're doing it. That's impressive. Ooh, they got an Agua Fria. They got really, really cool stuff. Their branding, their marketing, all awesome. They got uh, subscriptions. Yeah, they're all all of their stuff is pretty cool. They got a refillable canister. They're they have a, this this coffee mug that's white, but it's got this like uh, watercolor based artwork from the farms and mountains of Honduras. That's pretty dope. That is pretty dope. But the coffee plant, pretty pretty. Their branding, awesome. Simple, yet effective, super, they got coffee sacks for five bucks. They got coffee kicks. They got their own shoes. That's pretty dope. So sweet. They, yeah, they, they're pretty awesome. Um, so we're going to try out, I'm going to get a sniff in. Let's see what they're about. They have been featured on TEDx, Telemundo Atlanta, ton of magazines, so We've never tried this before, right? Nope. Ooh. Ooh. That is very, very good. That is, like, phenomenal. Super rich smell. Kind of gives me a raisiny cacao f- smell, too. Raisins and cacao. Um, so a little bit of dried fruit. A little bit of bold... Um, chocolateiness and well i just read the the notes so you can you can take the guess today yes i have not actually read the notes at all so i'm excited um no the smells are really good smells this dry sniffs real raisiny real raisin me i'm gonna go out and say you know i don't know if we've been nicer on the podcast lately or we've been trying better coffee but i'm gonna go with 8.35 8.35 on the sniffs. Really, really rich. Really, really nice. I'm excited now to try it. It's got me, got my my notes. Got your juices flowing. My juices flowing. Yeah, I'm going to give it 8.25. 8.25. So that would give us uh, 8.3. 8.3 out of 5 on the aroma test. Now it is time for... The first sip. I'm going to go ahead and drink up. Hmm. Okay. I haven't had many Honduran ones. I think the only one I've had was from um, Stumptown. We've had Lee's. Mm-hmm. This is a honey process? Yeah. That's what it says. Limited release honey process. Limited release honey process. Jack, can you tell everybody what honey processed is? Yes. Uh, so when you take the cherry that grows on the coffee plant, 
on the tree. You can either take all of the fruit off and just wash it, which is wash process. Usually it's water milled. Or you can leave the fruit on and let it ferment in that, which is uh, called natural. A lot of those are going to be a lot sweeter because they're uh, the flavor of the fruit fermentation gets imparted into the coffee bean. Or honey is where you take the fruit off, but you leave the membrane or the mucilage around it. And it gives it a kind of sweet, natural, like, flavor, kind of like honey, which is, I believe, why they call it honeyed. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so that's the, that, that is why it's honeyed. It's when they leave the uh, membrane of the fruit on the outside and let that ferment. Still imparting some prettiness to the beans, but not as much as a natural process. Yeah, and so what you get out of this process is a much more fruity for just unique flavor where washed, where you're taking everything off, you're going to have a much more consistent, like, um, refined taste. Uh, The honey process will give, will change uh, from year to year, uh, crop to crop, all that. But if you got the same farm, same crop location, everything, the honey process is just going to taste much more, have much many more variables in taste just because of the membrane and the, or sorry, the uh, fruit still being stuck on. Yeah, there's a lot more uh, variables to it than when you just take everything off and wash it. And that's the, a lot of the washed coffees are going to taste very similar all the time. And they're uh, used a lot in blends just for consistency. Uh, And like uh, Tristan said, the honeyed or the natural can have more of a variance because of the additional variables it's given to them. Yeah, I'm having a hell of a time trying to figure out what I'm tasting. Very sweet. Um, So I'm definitely getting that. I'm getting... I'm getting this lingering uh, bitterness. Not terrible. It's just it's just slightly there. Almost, I'm going to say pomegranate. No. Okay. Mm. Yeah, I'm going to go pomegranate, a raisin, and chocolate. Yeah, those are my three. Pomegranate, raisin, chocolate. Tell me how wrong I am, Jackson. Well, so you had the right idea. Okay. Okay. So you said very sweet. Yes. That would be from the fresh raspberry. Oh, man. Yeah. That was close. Well, not really, but. You were on the the right track. Yeah, red fruit. Um, The bitterness, I would have to say, comes from the next two. Um, It's got a little bit of a dry white wine. Yeah. Yes, it does. And then pink peppercorn. Interesting. Pink peppercorn peppercorn is not as what I would call spicy as regular peppercorn, but it has that same kind of bitter quality to it. Okay. So I I think, like... I said maybe it's just because I I knew the flavors and I read it, but I was like sipping this and I was like, "Mm, you know, I can definitely, I get the white wine mouthfeel. Yeah, it's it's very light, low and acidic. Um, 
almost uh, not as a, a, a little bit of a lighter Sauve Blanc. Very, very smooth. The acidity and and it's it's not a very heavy mouthfeel. No, not at all. Very light, refreshing. Definitely would drink this on a hot day. Um, like today? Like today. Uh, yeah, so I can see that. it's It's got that wine flavor to it. What did you think of the taste? Well, I'm going to have to go out and say that I think it smells better than it tastes. Okay. It um, does smell fantastic. It, I don't think it smell. It tastes bad. Nope. This, this one is a hard one. Um, considering we do no sevens, yeah, because this uh, to me this would fit perfectly in a seven. I'm gonna go and put myself at an eight point one. Yeah, I was gonna go with an eight. I can't justify this is, this is not a, a six, six at all. So, no. so eight. We'll go both eight for that one. So we're at what eight three and eight. It's coming out strong. And then you know the always fluid one. Drinkability. Um, so, a, I feel like they have a really good mission. I like the Absolutely. company. Um, they're they're very straightforward with their mission, how they want to do things. They are a direct trade from their own farm, so that's amazing. Mm-hmm. So it makes it a lot easier for them to treat their employees better yeah. on both sides because they literally run all of it. This honey process is twenty dollars for a twelve ounce bag. So I mean, they have. Um, Let's see, they, they have a honey product. So they have some that are 20. They have some that are 16 that I saw. So I feel like the 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 price range is not out of this world. Like, I think if, it varies, and I think that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm probably going to give it at least an 825 on the drinkability. Yeah. What's uh, And, like, the ability to drink it uh, on a hotter day. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 good coffee, yeah. Yeah, I would, I'm going to go with another 8. A top 10? I don't I don't think so. So we got eight, an eight three, and then what'd you say yours were for the drinkability? Eight point two five, and then an eight point one three. So divide that eight point one. Not bad at all. Yeah. So Hugo's Alma Coffee, sustainably grown, ethically sourced, gets an eight point one out of ten on the morning cup scale. I say that's probably uh, where it belongs. It's not a six. Uh, I would say it's a high seven, low eight, and that's exactly where it landed. So I, I, I am glad we got this coffee though. Very, very cool. Very cool to see their their branding, their story, all of the above. And I would, I would give this a stamp of approval if you guys are looking to venture out into the specialty coffee. Try out Alma Coffee, based out of Georgia. Yeah, I, I I agree. I like their coffee. I like their uh, their company. And uh, go for it. Buy yourself some. They ship to your house. They do. All right, that's all we got for you today. Thank you for joining us. And as always, take it easy. <laughs>